0: Hey guys, this podcast is specifically brought to you by Amazon Automotive. They're a store where, you know Amazon, you can get everything you can imagine. On Amazon, you can even get tires.
1: Yep, Amazon lets you shop auto parts, tools, and accessories quickly and easily from your PC or mobile device. Amazon, of course, offers free shipping on millions of items if you're a Prime member. Be sure to add the promo code DRIVER at checkout to receive $5 off on select orders over $25 for a limited time. Restrictions apply and visit Amazon.com promo terms for details. Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
0: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul, and this is The Everyday Driver, Car to be. I feel like I'm out of breath. I feel like you're out of breath. Like you just <laughs> sat down. You just rolled I in from the airport. I I invaded the podcast studio. You just got back from Detroit, right?
1: Yeah, just rolled in, as a matter of fact. Flew back today. I was there for a quick two days, mm-hmm. and we would like to see all of you who are in Motor City when we're there, when we're able, but this was just such <laughs> a were, quick trip. You were in and out for sure, yeah. So I was at an executive event held at the Detroit Athletic Club downtown, which is seven stories, and the seventh story overlooks the new Tiger Stadium. Hmm. It's actually beautiful. It's got full views of downtown, Hmm. both sides. Wow, that sounds cool. It's an institution that's been there for a long, long time, and it actually is connected very closely to the automotive industry. When the auto, Hmm. auto industry is doing well, membership at the athletic club goes up. And conversely, when membership you know goes down, you can directly tie that to the huh. fortunes of the car companies okay. in town. And so, of course, it's used by sports luminaries throughout the world and mm-hmm. actually is a hotel there. They have a barber shop. They have restaurants. And every, every time mm. you walk in the door, you're required to have a collar. So there is a dress code every wow. time, okay. which really makes it classy. And yeah. it just it makes everybody, you know, just a little bit. You know, I'd need a
0: haircut too, wouldn't I? <laughs> no, I would need a haircut and a collar. You'd Neither of which I really At have least handy. A yeah, exactly. Sport
1: coat collar, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, this was an executive event for all the VPs of design manufacturing for all oh, wow. the automotive companies in Detroit. Okay. And uh, Ralph Giles was there. A bunch of other folks were there from, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, milling or or scanning, or design, or engineering, or, or factory. You know, Somebody has that a
0: is. business card that says President of Milling? Absolutely. Is, is, that, is that a thrown-out business card, or did people look at that like, <laughs> you're, you're what now? I'd... For a
1: car okay. k- impressive for a good... sized car company, absolutely. Yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Honey, I'm the President of <laughs> Milling. You're, you're the President of which? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, it's paying the bills. It's a thing. I, I do get it. It's no, just it is, funny to it me. It is a thing. So it was cool to be part of uh, that and uh, presentation by top people at Autodesk, Uh, one person from NVIDIA talking about uh, AI and autonomy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and generative design and uh, using AI and the way uh, mold grows and the way it grows structurally is how software is approached to grow structures that are lightweight and efficient that's that's the foundation of where software is going to affect the car industry to lightweight things.
0: <laughs> How did that conversation start at the boardroom, guys? I think we need to talk about mold.
1: (laughs) Our cars don't get mold. No, no,
0: no, no, no. They need mold. No, they don't get mold. It
1: was less than that. More of a storytelling about, you know, here's what Uh we're we're thinking. And then, you know, graphic (laughs) images of, you know, microscopic images of mold growing between structural points and, and how that works. And that's how software uh, ones and zeros and the code behind that will work. And, uh, and that was, uh, that was presented. So, so know, I
0: need to learn coding related to mold. Absolutely. I, I really missed the boat on <laughs> career choices. I did not
1: do well. Absolutely. So that was a quick event. Like I said, we'd love to see all of you who are in Detroit. Next time we're there, it was uh, so quick. And then jumped on an airplane, rushed back, and here we are podcasting have to have to yet worry. again yeah. before yeah, yeah. we jump into at least two shoots coming up for the next television mm-hmm. season that we've got yeah. going on and uh what else we've got a uh, couple of big bunch of events coming too couple of big uh, shoots we are on
0: our way to SEMA. We are really, hopefully in the next week or so, we'll have details. We are really trying hard to pull off a Laguna Seca trip before the year's out. Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, I have to edit a lot of television. That really ought to happen. And we're trying to feed the YouTube channel. <laughs> Actually, today, uh, Tom's really cool piece of that nine eleven four S hooning on the ring drop oh, today. Yeah. But we've got some cool fast blasts coming up. Chance has been helping me some with the edits. I've got the wrap-up piece from this year's pilgrimage trip, which is coming together really well. Great. Plus TV. I mean, there's a lot. By, by January 2018, I, I I may be in a coma, but I will be satisfied. <laughs>
1: it will be Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, we've got a couple of great debates. One is actually not quite a debate, but more of a story. It's Mm -hmm. a debate on how many cars is too many. That's the headline here. (laughs) Which is a very difficult (laughs) problem. I mean, I don't know too many people with this problem. Yeah, for sure. But Iran out in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, is writing to us. He wrote to us middle of September here Mm -hmm. in 2017 He recently got an 09 Cayman S and then proceeds to list all the other cars he owns with a long story here. The story connected each car. It's pretty amazing. You've got to hear the story and then really asking us, you know, depending on... You know, what's in his future and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, where he's at, how many cars to keep, what should he keep. And then we've got Ben out in Alabama r- mm-hmm. writing to us. He's a commuter 40 miles one way, 80 miles a day mm-hmm. from Alabama out to Pensacola, Florida to work, but it's low traffic. So he's yep. on country roads. All right. And he's looking for a sedan, something just great to drive but a commuter car nonetheless. The, the more
0: interesting commuter. Right now, he has a, a Chevy Malibu, Malibu, which is, as he describes I like Malibu. Malibu, yes. It might be Malibu. Who knows? But it is not the place he wants to be, so we're going to try to help him there. But first, let's get into this huge story from Iran. And, uh, you know, actually, I want to I speak to something really quickly. I want to kind of cross-promote here, which wasn't intentional, but I'm just kind of accidentally doing it. I was listening to Spike Ferrison's podcast this week because he had Jay Leno on. Oh, okay. Cool, okay? cool. So he's got that podcast where he has celebrities on. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully the next time we're in a light, we'll get on there. But, uh, you know, because we and Jay Leno are exactly the same status. I, but the point is. <laughs> that's what I think. The point is Not. that Jay Leno was on there, and they were talking about his massive car collection. And Spike asked him, do you ever get rid of anything? And Jay said, no. Oh, my God. So as he buys stuff, he just keeps it all. Now, he has the money and the storage space to just keep gathering. Uh, wow. Now, that is an wow. extreme rare example. But honestly, that relates directly back to Aaron's question here because he's got multiple vehicles in his quiver, if you will, and he's trying to figure out what to get rid of. And he kind of doesn't want to get rid of any of them because they all have connections yeah. and story and history and etc. This
1: is a problem. So, Aran has been working in Kuala Lumpur, as I said. He's Mm -hmm. worked in Brunei for the past four years, and in four weeks, well, probably in about two now, he's going to be moving back. So, he's got a list of vehicles that he owns. Okay. O2 BMW E39 525i. It's an automatic, but it Mm -hmm. is M Sport. But he swapped the engine out for a three liter. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's also got a 2011 Toyota Prius. We'll get to this. (laughs) A 2014 KTM 1190 Adventure Bike, 2015 Ford Ranger, 2015 KTM 250 EXC. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm a 99 Perodua Cancel 850 EX. (laughs)
0: The Perodua is so hysterical to me. And then, of course, the Porsche. And then the Cayman. For those of you that are not following along with the bikes, I will admit it. I looked them up to make sure I was talking about the right thing. The KTM 1190 Adventure is one of those let's drive around the world bikes. If you've seen that Long Way Around show we've talked about, it's one of those bikes you can go on an all-purpose on-road or off-road adventure bike. That's what that is. Versus the other KTM, the 250, is your classic-looking dirt bike. Your your small-capacity classic high suspension travel dirt bike the really light ones that's why he has two different things and of course the Ford Ranger to bang around in as well uh, the The Paragua is interesting because he inherited that from his mom mm-hmm. she passed recently and it was her car and so that car has history and he kind of wants to get
1: it back to factory spec because of that history and we're sorry for your loss definitely I, uh, I experienced the same thing when I was 29 my mom passed and uh, I know the feeling, so mm-hmm. I can definitely absolutely relate I mean, we're all going to lose our loved ones at some point. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. You know, on a side note, not to get uh, too deep here, but that's kind of the reason that, you know, both you and I are into the car thing and racing. And you know what? I can't really justify that, but you know what? I'm going to go for it anyway because life is short and that's what Mm. I love. Mm. And you've got to balance it, of course. We can't go nuts and, hey, I'm spending my life savings on, you know, something dumb. But on the other hand, what's the balance? Because, you know... Life is short, for sure, and it's one of
0: the things that we talk about. You and I talk about, but then my wife and I talk about a lot in relation to our son, because mm, okay. you know there are those parents, and I, I do get it. There are those parents where you have you have kids, and then you become all about your kids. You go to work and you do whatever your yeah. kids do, and yeah. that's and that's fine. And look, there's merit in that, and I get it. But on the other end of the spectrum, one of the the struggles, if you will, that that my wife and I have with our son is we want him to see us doing things we love.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That we have passion about that have nothing to do with him. There are things we're passionate about that you guys go and do, mm-hmm. and it's your life. Mm-hmm. And then there's the inclusion part, and there's the sure. stuff that for this sure is your thing. So that so that he can he see he can that, be included
0: down the road for sure. I mean, cars is a great example. I mean, there's a lot of times when you, when you and I are going off to shoot, and my son is still too young and too running around when we're outside the car to be hanging out on a shoot.
1: Yeah, at yeah. some
0: point he'll be old enough that. Maybe we'll put a camera in his hand. (laughs) True. But right now, put him to work. You know, exactly. Right now, there (laughs) are weekends when it's like, hey, buddy, dad's got to go. I got to go shoot cars. He wants to come shoot cars. He can't come. But he sees my passion about it. You know, or I'm going out of town. He doesn't want me to go out of town. He wants to hang out all weekend. I get that, too. But this is something that we love, and we go do it. You know, uh, So it, I think it's important to show those things. But uh, the is at balance, too. So it's hard.
1: Aran, mm-hmm. Aaron, I apologize. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce your name. So uh, You're just, probably right with Aran, based j- on the just spelling. Just bear with me right here, here. <laughs> based on the spelling. All right. So back in 07, he turned 28 and thought he's going to fulfill the dream he had that was nurtured by his cool uncle. His cool uncle had a white E30 BMW. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he dressed cool, had a beautiful wife, lots of cool gadgets, and <laughs> was nice to Iran. He was Iran's personal James Bond mentor, yes. <laughs> so that planted the seed clearly, and then in 07, he thought, I've got to do it. He was looking around at BMWs mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. at the e ninety three twenty five 325i, but then the particular car that he had was ugly, ugly cream-colored interior, apparently, and... You know, the nasty wood paneling. <laughs> yeah, it undermines the the classiness a, a bit. Yeah, it does. So his mate said, you know, just stay on the search for, that, for the BMW 3 Series because Audis, yes, cool and all, but just that's your dream. And don't give up on that. Yeah, Ch- chase until you find the BMW that's the right one. In Malaysia, he writes there's a road tax structure that differs based on the size of the engine. So mm-hmm. that's why he kept shying away. From this three-liter engine here because, you know, the the taxes go up, of course. Mm -hmm. And then he was looking around at the base cars, not sure what to do. And then he saw this car, Mm -hmm. black 525i, in the corner of a showroom and fell in love and just got it. Went for it. And what I like, the,
0: the the subversive part of this that I really like, Ron, is that uh, you've since put a three liter in it, which I'm assuming causes <laughs> you to avoid said taxes, because exactly. technically it is a 525, which means it doesn't have the three liter. Now you have a three liter, so it's the best of both worlds. So that's an interesting workaround. Bravo, sir. <laughs> There's a lot of ins and outs to the story. For sure. This is a multi, multi, multi scroll. It, it is. It, this is. is coming in volumes. Yes,
1: it is. So he got the car. All right. And his girlfriend at the time... He, he and she wanted to start a business. She sold her Mercedes B Class. They put a down payment for the Prius, which was her car in Iran's name. Uh huh. Lots of complication. Yep. And then they broke up and she moved to China. Room full of rakes. You have no girlfriend <laughs> and you now have a Prius. <laughs> that's so cool. that's that's not the progression we wanted, but there you are. But he's been clever with this Prius because he sold it to a close friend, mm-hmm. but not really because it's still in his name. It's titled in his name. He's making yeah. the payments, but his friend, you're you're essentially kind of helping your friend out for because sure. Yeah, he's making half payments on the car, and he gets to use and it, and we'll eventually get there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then it'll eventually get paid off. You can transfer the title over, and that one's going away eventually hopefully that should be the prius in your life it's eventually going away (laughs) do you currently have a prius well (laughs) let's get a lot of pathway to eventually going away yeah i see that all right so then he moved to brunei for work sold the car to his friend and then bought the motorcycle okay so this is Mm -hmm. of course this is what you do i mean Sure, tight roads and it's just tight, and nasty roads. Easy to get around. Good suspension. Got yeah. dart between traffic. I get it. I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you said you considered bringing the BMW over, but you've got already a good mechanic in Kuala Lumpur, so keep it there. Fly home on weekends, about once a month, and his dad kind of started it, kept the juices flowing. And then, you know, it's a short flight, so you know, I'm I'm actually it's dawning on me.
0: It's dawning on me fully here that we're actually talking about a car driving situation that I personally cannot imagine. Malaysia and, and Brunei, I, just, I don't have frame of reference on what is it either. like. I don't either. I applaud yeah. you for having these cars. I applaud you. Thank you for listening to the podcast and asking for our thoughts. I'm going to do what I can with your larger story, which we're going to continue on. But I just keep realizing I can't really picture this. I can't really picture your roads and mm-hmm. your situation. But you have this quiver full of vehicles
1: to attack the situation. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> it keeps going. Oh, yes. He got the truck. Remember the Ford Ranger. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in there too. This is better suited for use in Borneo, mm-hmm. and he got a dirt bike, so that means yeah. you know, needs the truck to haul the dirt bike. Okay. Yeah. He's flying home once a month to fire up the BMW. Okay. <laughs> I mean, serious disease here. Honey,
0: I'm home, and you're talking to the car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly.
1: Baby needs to be driven. And then that was about the time the engine swap happened. Holding back, you were thinking about supercharging it. But yeah, just leave it with a three liter, okay? (laughs) Work around, yeah. (laughs) Okay, and then this year, as you said, in June, your mom passed away, which, yes, it's a huge life-changing event, I agree. But you started to consider what's the point of being so far away from family, Mm -hmm. hence the move back. But when you first considered coming to Brunei, he was looking at Porsches and planning to get one and then didn't for a while, but now has got one. He's 09 Cayman S yeah. 3.4 liter. Yeah. So he's got this long list of cars here. With with all the descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> Ran almost bought a 1978 Fiat X19. You remember that car? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, talk about a doorstop, but Bertone yeah. design. Yeah. I mean, classic yeah, yeah. Italian design. The, the, one of those random mid-engines that you almost forget about, and then you see a picture of it, and you go, oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. car. Yeah, huh And you appreciate it so much more years later. For sure, yeah. I still don't want to own one, but I appreciate those who do. <laughs> you like the fact that it exists. you just not in your garage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. So Rand's really asking us, you know, Putting purchases on hold. You've got a laundry list of cars. Yeah, yeah. If you were to get rid of something here because you're back in KL and yeah, you've got to start a business here. Mm -hmm. He's now investing in a business with a friend that has... He's got thirty classic and vintage cars for rental, and the side benefit is yeah. what Iran do you want to drive to drive them? Yeah, I know. I know. So yeah, <laughs> there's saying, there's options like the crazy. disease is real. The yeah. disease is real. Yeah, and it is. And,
0: and honestly, I, I kind of want to fly over there to see the situation and to drive said cars. No kidding. So uh, you know, let's see. Let's see what I should start looking at flights. That'll be a frightening number with a comma in it. But anyway, so he he looked at I took a hard look at this list though, and here's what I think is interesting: is the conclusion he made for himself. Okay. Aaron looks at his list of vehicles, and he realizes that the only overlap he has about, like, usability mm-hmm. is that the truck does the hardcore, nasty roads, off-road stuff and commute. True. True. And the Porsche obviously does the fun. The BMW overlaps both categories slightly. And so he suddenly comes to the terrible realization that as far as cars I don't <clears throat> need, <laughs> the BMW is, on, is the top of the don't need it list because he can do those things the fun drive Porsche the heavy duty drive he has
1: more specific use yes, cases for exactly. other cars
0: so he realizes that the BMW probably makes the most logical sense to get rid of but that was the first car that was the first that love that was the
1: dream and that was probably the which car is, that he's poured the most money into oh certainly
0: which is kind of heartbreaking so this is where this gets hard and Gosh. i'm going to i'm going to just dive in head first okay here. all right i want to hear it because aran i I feel your pain, but the reason I told that Jay Leno story up front is this. If we all had the room, we'd keep all the cars we love. And I was thinking about this today.
1: I was thinking about this today just my wife and I.
0: I'm not counting cars that we didn't like. Okay? Not counting cars we didn't like. Of
1: of ownership, your own ownership experience. Let me
0: run real quick through the course of my marriage to my wife. (laughs) If we kept every car we love, this would be the list. 97 Jeep Wrangler. 96 GMC Yukon. Okay. Porsche uh, Cayenne 3. That's just her. Okay, all right. Then 300 ZX for me. Right. Saab 92X FRS Lotus. Wow. There's what have I done? 7 cars? I have 3 right now and it's kind of blowing my mind and making me making me rethink myself. <laughs> We're talking seven cars. If I really kept everything I liked, we'd have that many cars in the garage just because we had space and we still like them. And this is And
1: sentimental value for exactly. that place that you're in life. Exactly. The 300Z, I mean, was like a stretch then. For kind of. sure it was. For sure it was. But you got it and the memories mm-hmm. created with that car. And as a driver, it was I'm, the genesis of the show. For sure. As a driver, I'm
0: way beyond it. Mm-hmm. But I would still own that exact one. I'd, I'd keep it. Yeah. It was automatic. That was – I'm, it I'm way, way past out, but yeah. it. But yeah. I'm way, way past it. But I would keep it anyway. Yeah. So around the, the, the point I'm making here is if you have that ability, I think, is the only way the BMW stays. I hate to say this to you, but you're right. The BMW is the car that is going to keep costing you money. Yeah. And it is the one that because you have specialized tools, it's the one that can go. I can see that. I, I, I'm not I saying this that. is easy. I'm not saying this is easy, but yeah. I think, but I think here's the tipping point you're at. The tipping point you're at is either start finding storage because you can't let them go, or take a hard look and be realistic and go, "What are the tools I don't use?" And I think the BMW is the top of that list.
1: Funny enough, I'm with you, and I know this is tough. And anytime any family member or special friend gives you an item Mm -hmm. it's obviously connected to those memories that time in your life all that stuff I have plenty of that stuff from my mother Mm -hmm. nothing so large as a car but fair fair you know I I have her jewelry Mm -hmm. you know some rings that she wore watches and that kind of thing and so you know I'm thinking about this BMW and the fact that you did you did it it got you into where you're you're at now that's it, a good outlook it started good things outlook, yeah. off it got you in the door it mm-hmm. got you you know you achieve the dream sure. sure and you know on one hand you're starting this business with your friend who theoretically would have gobs of space if you're doing a 30 car classic rental car theoretically business. there is storage there you're right there's, there's already a storage that. Yeah. but of everything on this list bikes included it would probably be the one that gets drive the least i think so too i think so too despite the fact you've put the most money into it, but it's, it's the first, could you sell it to another friend and kind of keep it all in the family? If you know Hmm. what I mean, or sell it to a family member, if it's not super hot and sure, sure, you know, totally modified and something like that, which I don't think it is. It's just the engine swap. Yeah. Could you keep it in the family or you've got to give your, your, give yourself permission to let go of something. Mm-hmm. And as you've said many times before, you don't have to dislike a car to get rid of it. This is true. This is true. Yeah. And when it comes to family members and especially your mom's car, I mean, I know you mentioned in here that it's a quick runabout, you know, pop down to the store. I need, you know, groceries. Yeah. It makes it very yeah. easy because it is so tiny and you know, all mm-hmm. that kind it of has stuff. history, obviously history, but there will be a time in your life when you're going to think, you know what? she would want me to do with that car what's best for me now. I agree. Not keep it as an albatross around my neck. Mm -hmm. And now it's just, it's not worth anything and it's not, it's not fitting my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I would consider that one too, even though that's the hardest. I I agree with, thank you for bringing that up. That's a hard one. And I'm, I'm touching a mm -hmm. raw nerve. I realize
0: for sure. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about if you inherit a car from, from a, well loved family member mm-hmm. we we had a, we had a grandmother discussion on the podcast yeah. before yeah that that person would want you to keep that car if it's a benefit to you you know they would but at mm-hmm. the same time, if it's not a benefit to you, if it's a hassle to you, you also know that person would most likely want you to get rid of it. And would give you blessings and permission yes. to
1: do what's right so for you. So I, I do yeah. wonder
0: about that paradua. I just – I wonder especially about putting money into it and making it nice. And the, I, I just I, – uh, I, there's a part – I agree with your, with your sentiment, Paul. That is a hard one just like the BMW is. Both Gosh. of these cars have history and yet I, as much as it's hard to say
1: it, both of those cars can go. I mean, you've probably got photos, you know, all that stuff, and the memories are there. They're they're, you know, locked in. They're solid, mm-hmm. and maybe it, it sounds funny because the conventional thinking might go, "Well, don't get rid of the cars that you have the most memories associated with—the first car that was your dream car and your mother's car." Yeah, yeah. How, don't ever get rid of those. But you know what? It might free up in a strange way Interesting to keep point. going. Interesting point. It might just—it might be. The recipe that you need to mm-hmm. do that you need to go through and wow yeah I, see I, I hate to say it but maybe that might just free you up to to new levels and hmm. and hmm. moving on and a new place in your heart that would you know remember your mother and help you move on hmm. and interesting to hear you say i'm that. glad yeah. that that you're talking about her because i found in no way can you know anybody can't say anything to make it better Nobody knows what to say. Fair, But fair. the best thing you can do is to talk about her and talk mm, about your loved mm. ones. That's the best thing you can do. And drive it or use it or sell it and make it good for you. That's interesting. That would be the That's best good. thing. And she would love that, I'm sure. Wow, wow. Iran, I hope somewhere in here we've been
0: helpful. Uh, I, this is this feels like this has been some tough love on the podcast. On a very special episode of Everyday Driver. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I do hope that somehow in here we've been helpful to you. And uh, And wow, keep us informed because clearly – uh, the disease is – you've uh, you've been stricken in Malaysia
1: with a serious case of the disease. And thanks for being <laughs> with us on the podcast. We're going to pause briefly and come right back, guys. Let's
0: talk about our friends at car real quick. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting a price on an actual vehicle. It's not like theoretical. You want a car that's actually sitting on a lot somewhere. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. You can wind up configuring
1: a car online only to find out, yeah, that one you wanted. We don't have that. But with TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. Now, this is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a TrueCar certified dealer, which is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. So using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. You can see what other people in your area
0: paid for that car. That's a nice comparison thing to see. There are over 13,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide, and the average TrueCar user saves $3,000 off
1: MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey folks, Amazon lets you shop auto parts, tools, and accessories very quickly and easily from your PC or mobile device. They also offer free shipping on millions of items for Prime members. Amazon carries top brands like you've heard, K&N Filters, PowerStop, Chemical Guys, Bosch, and more. And the Amazon Automotive Store has a massive selection of parts, accessories, tools, fluids, and more. You can even shop for tires on Amazon. So check your fitment online for millions of parts using Amazon's Part Finder tool. Just enter your year, make, and model, and Amazon will tell you if it fits. You can buy with confidence there. You can use customer Q&As, you know, all the
0: reviews of everything on Amazon. They're there for auto parts, too, so that's really cool. You can get the right part the first time. You're not an automotive expert. That's okay. You can check out Amazon's library of automotive video content. You can find that at Amazon.com slash My Garage. Honestly, didn't even know that existed, and there it is. You can learn to install an air filter. You change your oil. You want to find out how to do stuff. It's right there. In addition to where you're looking on YouTube, you can find it on Amazon. You can go to Amazon.com My Garage. Again, enter your Your vehicle information, start shopping right now. And I'm going to say it again, use promo code DRIVER at checkout to receive $5 off select orders over $25 at the limited time. Restrictions apply. Visit amazon.com slash promo terms for details. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
1: What's with Janet Spang's? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? LOL.
0: And sent. Wait, no, 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 no.
1: Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right. Coming back to Ben in Alabama. As I mentioned, he is our commuter for this podcast. Mm-hmm. 40 miles one way from Alabama out to Pensacola, Florida on straight... Country roads. Yep. Straight. Apparently, not a curve in sight. He, it's just, hit, it's, it's him and,
0: and farm equipment. <laughs> ben and combines and tractors. It's the curve and
1: weaving between the moving chicanes. Essentially, that are farm they, are, they are ongoing chicanes. So you get to so avoid a little bit the of sharp out bits. Yeah, exactly. Drive Be around Be really those.
0: careful about the, all the very many sharp pieces sticking <laughs> off
1: the sides. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So he currently has an automatic 2011 Chevy Malibu. We're sorry. It's like a lateral move from a Prius yeah not good it's just well, but here 's the thing. both look, I will come to defense
0: of the Malibu and the Prius in a weird roundabout way. Both of them do both <laughs> okay. of them do what they 're supposed to do perfectly well. I listen but, out of incredulity, I know, but neither of them are are trying to or succeeding at being enthusiast
1: cars is the Prius an enthusiast car? No I'm saying
0: they they're not they're not designed or intended oh, to be. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Neither neither the Malibu or the Prius have set themselves up as this is an enthusiast car. Right. And neither of them succeeded in either. But yet they both are successful in what they're supposed to do. The Malibu is entry-level, large sedan, just-run will American transportation. And the Prius is a commuter that gets good gas mileage. They are check-all-the-boxes successes in both of those categories. True, but here we True. are, you and I, trying to find people, cars that they will enjoy driving,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: not cars that are appliances. So that's the problem with the Malibu. It's the problem with the Prius.
1: They're in the appliance category. Definitely. Yeah, they're they're toaster on wheels for sure. I mean well, okay. So he's got an O one Porsche Boxer S and his wife has a twenty sixteen Acura RDX mm-hmm. and it sounds like they're planning on having a family in the near future, so he's thinking sedan, commuter, will still fit plastic things. Well that be that means he's, he's he's concerned about needing kind of the
0: scale of the Malibu still. Not necessarily that big, but something that is a good traditional sedan. He doesn't want an SUV. This is going to be his commute car. The Mm -hmm. Porsche stays for the fun car, which is great. So we're kicking the Malibu to the curb, and we're trying to find a better (laughs) daily commuter that can be a little bit fun and, and do the family thing in the future. Is that the shirt for this
1: podcast? Kick your Malibu to the curb. Probably, yeah. Moving on. We're just pushing into the ocean. Well, you know, you're in Malibu. (laughs) Let's move on. I don't see an environmental problem with that. could (laughs) possibly go wrong, yeah. All right, so he's looking for something with a manual or dual clutch. Currently in love with the E39 M5s, but not sure if it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. But if it's broken, then I can drive the Boxster still. (laughs) And he mentions <laughs> <laughs> he mentions that he's not scared of the do-it-yourself thing or maintenance. And I will say, if you're not an automotive expert, check out Amazon's library of automotive video content. Mm-hmm. Amazon.com slash my garage. So you can learn to install an air filter, change your oil, check out tips for driving off-road, all that kind of stuff. Go go to that site. So Amazon.com MyGarage. Enter your vehicle information, start shopping on the Comprehensive Automotive Catalog.
0: And keep in mind while we're talking about Amazon, they are a sponsor of this podcast, so we are talking about them this episode. They offer free shipping on millions of items, as you know this because of Prime, but that applies to car parts. Think about that for a second. It's fine if they ship you something free of charge and it's a Blu-ray disc. (laughs) If they ship you a bumper I
1: know what to do free with that. of charge
0: for shipping, that's a very different <laughs> shipping animal. Here come tires thanks to your Prime discount. We need to all sign up for Prime and go buy tires because a- shipping going to kill you.
1: Agreed. So there you go. If you're not scared of the maintenance, yeah, it, Ben, it makes you feel like the M5 will fit your need here. But, you know, the cost here is is an issue. And it sounds like he grew up in a Porsche family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that Bravo. comes back around later, yes. Hurrah. Mm-hmm. He's thought about a Cayenne, but he's not stuck on having an SUV because he's always preferred cars. Mm-hmm. So that's why he likes driving the Boxster. But, of course, straight roads in a Boxster don't mix. That's that's not the recipe. That's yeah. not why they were invented. And um, <laughs> wondering about suggestions in the $25,000 range and limiting me at thirty two grand. Yep, I noticed this. I noticed so, this. So, uh, yeah, what, what are you thinking here? Despite his uh, prior choices, he's a very lots of different random prior choices that he's Well owned. yeah,
0: he says he's owned a, a 240SX, a 99 Saturn sedan. There, put those two cars just in your brain. <laughs> in your brain, just place a 240SX next to that Saturn sedan. I That's yeah, an interesting theory. They're pairing. like magnets. The pushing <laughs> apart. The 87 Porsche 944 and a 2010 Honda Fit. This is variety, my friend. This is really good variety. So Ben, I because of your interest in the E39 M5, and your interest in Porsche this led me to places i was kind of surprised by hmm. some of you won't be surprised but i just i, I enjoyed this cuz the e39 m5 that's kind of the business in the m5 world it is that's just the one, the one that is so classic it is it is it, it's you know it's the e it's the e30 pardon me it's the e46 equivalent in M5s, it's that same era when BMW was just killing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: that and is, uh, that was their time. I guess sure.
0: that, that, that M5 was just before the the E46 M3, and then the M40. Uh, that just that era is like Honda in the 90s. That's BMW's best yeah. era. I feel. Yeah, like. yeah I agree. So with I that. get the E39 M5, very cool. But obviously, those cars are starting to get high mileage now, and you know they're going to need stuff now. Your DIY, I get it. But the E thirty nine made me go. You know the closest. Some of you are ahead of me. The closest modern equivalent. Get yourself a
1: Chevy SS. I was wondering if you'd go there. I'm glad you just. You know. Whoo! I'm relieved because put we're it talking about. Look, look. The Malibu, the E
0: thirty nine. You put them in a blender. What do you get? You get a Chevy SS. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> okay. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, get, get, You're the, not, get the manual but your transmission. Is hilarious. Get the Magna Ride. It's going to be revelatory compared to driving that Malibu. It gets you into the feel of the, of the M5, but a newer car with less maintenance. I think that checks a lot of boxes. It's not my only choice here, but I think that's a good one.
1: Hmm. Okay, I like that. I went for three different cars, all sedans. Well, one kind of is. It's a hatch, but a different kind of a hatch, a five-door hatch. And I imagined myself owning all three of these cars. I liked them well enough that I could see myself. You know what? If I owned a sedan, mm-hmm. I could see myself rocking these cars. Great, great. I didn't shop specifics on price, so you'd have to kind of be, you know, random with the with the model years here. You might have to okay. go back a little all ways. Right. But I'm going to start with your German proclivities. Go for it. Because go you're a it. Porsche fan, and I'm, I'm going to suggest the Audi A7 3.0. Okay. Now... Okay, the transmission might not be something you love, probably. But I cannot say that it's bad. I can't say it's terrible. We enjoyed that car quite a bit. A seven would be cool. And you know, if we're thinking ah Panamera, but for that price, just not going to happen. So what's the Panamera's baby brother? A seven. I'm actually going to stop you there.
0: Hmm. Um, You you've kind of tipped my hat. Uh oh! I went looking. You did. 2010 Panameras and Panamera 4s and Panamera 4s for under 35 grand. Are they really? You've got 32. If you've got 32, I even pushed the bar down further, and I went nowhere above 30, and still found a page full. High miles, though, right? Depends. Really? I saw everything so you went from. looking for
1: Panamera's. I'm actually every, thrilled to hear this. I was quite surprised.
0: I was quite surprised. It's not possible for 36,000. So, I mean, here's the thing or. the one that's going to be hard to find is going to be anything that's not the base. So, you're talking about the base or the four, which is still the base. Okay. But if you get into the, the, the S or the 4S, those are going to be unicorns at this price point. And those are going to be the ones, based on what I looked at, that are going to be like 130,000 miles. That's not a runaway, but it's a. Think that through. Okay. (laughs) But yet I saw a lot of them between 70 and 90,000 miles. Okay. All right. The base Panamera is not look, the base Panamera is not the rocket sled of the upper levels. No. But compared to the Malibu? Oh, well,
1: yeah. And all the dynamics.
0: He likes Porsche. I think. Okay. I like your A7 a lot, I think it's a fantastic choice. And as we talked about it, the the supercharged version of that A7, it has more mid-range punch than the base Panamera. We drove them back-to-back. Watch that piece. But since you like Porsche, you don't want a Cayenne. I just started looking, and yes, 2010, 2011, less than 35, less than 30 if you really want to push on it. You can find them. They're out there. I think it's worth a look. Interesting. But I, I will admit, you're right at the bottom of the of the cloud of Panameras, if you will, but
1: you're like just <laughs> touching the bottom of, of the Panamera's. cloud, if you will. Huh. On the other hand, an A7, and the reason we drove those cars back to back was mm-hmm. to see about you know, well, yeah, the Panameras, of course, the more expensive car. Yeah, yeah. But You might be able to get yourself a newer A7. for miles. A7. I agree. It doesn't I agree. have the dynamics of the Panamera. Mm-hmm. It's not the Porsche. True. True. On the other hand, newer yeah blah all that kind of stuff it, the, that goes along with it that's car. why they're
0: such great competitors and you should tr- try to drive them both and see how much farther your money will take you in A7s that's a great comparo that's kind of why I thought that but I'm glad you shopped that's really interesting i was wondering because of all the new announcements on the Panamera of late i just thought i bet those early ones are dropping even more because <laughs> like 2 years Apparently. ago the bottom of them was 40 45
1: that's still where my headspace was at. And they've but of moved. Course, they've shifted because
0: of the new development of the new Panamera pl- plus the Sport Turismo. Oh, yeah. With the yeah, new yeah. interior and all of that, of course, that pushed all the older ones even
1: lower. Who in the room can't wait till Sport Turismos are affordable?
0: I hear you. But, Over here, but here's the thing. Right here's here. the thing. A $30,000 base Panamera with
1: 70,000 miles?
0: Yes, please. Yeah. I would buy that car in a heartbeat and not think about it. Absolutely.
1: Agreed. All right. So I moved on to something Japanese, and I'm going to suggest a Lexus IS350. But I wonder if you could get an ISF for 32. Could you? We need to shop. We're talking about the prior ISF with the V8. The prior ISF, not the current. Yeah. But that could be a possibility. Because I thought IS three fifty F Sport, the current one. The would current be cool. one yeah. for that kind of money all day long, yes. And then I'm gonna back off a little bit and talk about hey, I just need car and I want to enjoy it. And again, mm-hmm. all three of these cars, you come out in the morning and you're just glad to see it. Yeah. You're gonna have Hopefully. fun, you're gonna enjoy driving it, and I'm just glad I got this thing. My last one is a Mazda 6. Okay. I really do love the front end, about to the B-pillar styling. Mm-hmm. I feel like the excitement was muted as they wrapped the lines around the back. Is that delicate enough? <laughs> well done, sir. That was some careful stepping through rakes. I'm quite impressed, yeah. Tiptoe. I-, I could accidentally still nail one here, but... I I think it's an interesting car for okay. the price and with that car you could go even newer for the yeah. money oh, that yeah, you've yeah. got to spend. Yeah, for sure. So that was my thinking. Of course, we love our luxury German friends, we love our luxury uh, Japanese friends yeah. there, but you know, if you wanted to actually get something pretty new, True. The, the Mazda 6. Yeah over anything else, I like that car. What's great about that one, I
0: hadn't thought about that, but now that you've got me thinking about it, the great thing about the Mazda 6 in this discussion is two things. One, the dynamics of that will feel like a sports car compared to that Malibu. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not in a dual-clutch world, but the other thing about the Mazda 6 that continues to amaze me, and I do it at every auto show just because I just kind of have to stand there and laugh, that is a cavernous trunk on that car. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you sit there, you want to solve the we have baby and baby stuff, open up the cavernous trunk of the Mazda 6. It actually, in space, beats the uh, Lexus IS. I like the Lexus IS because it's got that rear-wheel drive flavor and some interesting styling, which is love it or hate it, granted. And uh, and actually, of course, it's a Lexus. It'll just run. But the Mazda 6 is let's go – let's take the Malibu idea – And make it dynamic and sexy and just as
1: roomy. I like that a lot. That's a good one. Well, here's the best part. For that car, I'm looking at 2017s. I mean, they start at 22. Mm -hmm. And you can get a manual transmission in the Mazda 6. Yep. Best part. The others, of course, you can't. True, Panamera, true. A7, Lexus, mm-hmm. not available. I agree. So I agree. I'm just putting that out there as your manual option for okay. sedans. That's excellent. Well done. You're gonna enjoy it, and I think they're gorgeous. Mazda's just killing it. Yeah, just, their stuff's really good. They really their stuff's are. Really good. All right. Uh, what else is on your list? Uh, actually, we have covered
0: my list. I, it is okay. the, the SS, right. the the Lexus IS 350 F Sport specifically. Okay. And I couldn't believe Panameras are at this price. That shocks me. It's worth looking at. And and I love your A7 by Comparo, by the way. I think it's worth driving both. I was just thinking newer. No, 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 no. no. I think it's worth driving both.
1: You know, close to it. But that would
0: be fascinating because we enjoyed that comparison when we shot it. It would be a fascinating discussion for Ben to get into. Uh, Let us know where you land, Ben. We'd be very
1: curious. Uh, But uh, we like this question. Thanks for sending it in. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, jumping over to social media, guys. Thanks again. I'm realizing we're getting as many questions on Instagram as we are on Facebook. It's awesome. We're getting tons. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. We get it. We're getting enough questions that we could have an hour's worth of podcast just off questions every time. Yeah, we could. So we're gonna we're gonna work as many as we can into every
1: episode. We've got quite a few. I noticed uh, six or eight that I marked. But what do you have? Well, I'm gonna start out with what is Chris doing on Instagram? Who stole the question from <laughs> from Hooniverse Jeff? He uh, had this question on his podcast a few weeks ago, and I think we need to think about this and come back to it on a future podcast. I think you're just right. Kind of I break don't know this that
0: shoot from the hip on this.
1: Shooting from the hip because then we'll say, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I want to change my answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the question. If we were in charge of choosing the cars for a high school movie, what would you have? The jock drive, the attractive cheerleader, the nerdy kid, and all the other stereotypical high school movies. I like this. That, that's stars. an opener on a podcast to come. Maybe, that, I think maybe, maybe that's Tuesday's
0: fun. podcast. We could just do the, the high school movie Cars. That, yeah. that could be very fun. I like this question. It's good.
1: Yeah, it is a good question. So we'll get back to that. But excellent one. I, I well, really like it. While you're talking about what is Chris doing on Instagram, he had another question that we can answer now. Mm -hmm.
0: He said, when we swap swap rims and tires from summer to winter, do we have tire pressure monitoring sensors in both sets or do we just tolerate the light? (laughs) I can't tolerate the light. I know you can't. Drives me nuts. Chris, this is totally a judgment call. Who are you as a driver? Are you the person that puts the electrical tape over the blinking uh, VCR light? I'm going way back for that reference, but go with me anyway. But, But here's the thing. I would say, I would say, if you want to put it in one set, put the, the TPMS in your summers and not your winters and just tolerate for the winter because the winter's probably in most cases you're going to have those wheels on for less time having said that i still double up i still have a full set of, of monitoring sensors in both sets of rims hopefully like the 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 Cayenne that we have is smart enough the brain of the car is smart enough and i'm going to do it in the next couple of weeks that when i swap the wheels out i drive it around the block and it freaks out for a minute and then it goes, Oh, 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 those wheels now. Oh, I got Just this. Just to get it reset, reset the brain. This. Yeah. Whereas the FRS was not smart enough. So every single time I had to go to somebody to reset
1: it for me. You know, as a matter of fact, many folks on here asked us, including Ariopolis on Instagram, when do we decide it's time to put your snow tires on, your mm-hmm, winter tires? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about waiting a little bit longer this year because I yeah. got some Michelins for the Jeep that are pretty awesome. And they're all season. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer than I usually do. I think I've been a little preemptive kind of mid-October last year. And I was still driving around in some warm weather in Yeah. yeah. Late October and early November, we would have that snow Mm -hmm. and then it'd warm back up. And I think I should have waited a little bit because now I'm grinding my soft winter tires down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to just hold off a little bit longer, maybe early November, something like that. But then, of course, there's the rush. Everybody in town, it feels like is doing at the exact same time. Absolutely. "Ah."
0: You know, well, what, can't get an appointment. What happens to all the tire centers is you get that freakish early fall snow and everybody loses their mind yeah, and <laughs> exactly. invades the tire center and you call them and the guys haven't slept in weeks and they can get you in three <laughs> weeks from now. Exactly. Uh, uh, in general, that would just be my answer here, is that you have to just tolerate the first snow. You have to just let the first snow happen. Mm-hmm. Let everybody freak mm-hmm. out, realize that that snow that happened overnight will be melted by like... Nine in the morning the next day, and the roads will be clear and you'll be fine.
1: Yep, exactly right. So, the, you just the first big one happened you just, early here, yes, too. Yes, you
0: just deal with that. Our my kind of vague rule is beginning of November is when they go on, mm-hmm. but then I gauge that entirely based on what's the weather report. Because if there's going to be a massive snowstorm coming mid October, then I'm putting them on ahead of it. Yeah, but this October, based on the weather I've seen for our area, looks like I can go first week of November and be fine. Yeah, what I'm kind I don't of do is put my wife in a situation where she's stuck. I try yeah. to stay a week ahead of when she's going to need it. And my my farthest out for this, our local location is beginning of November. But a couple of years ago, we had early storms that were like back to back to back. I had them on second week of October. So you really, got, I think it's a weather-based thing more than anything, because once it really socks in for the winter, you got to have them on and you don't want to, you want to miss the tire center and all of their massive lines. Yeah, Luckily, no if you have your own wheels and tires, then you just jack it up in the garage and you get it done.
1: <laughs> awesome question guys yeah that, i know that's uh a big thing for for many of you living in you know wintry snowy We're right areas there right now but just keep an eye on the weather and when it starts to get consistently around 32 fahrenheit zero celsius and i know okay that's freezing that's when water mm-hmm. on the road is frozen sure, and i need yeah. to have proper tires on but when it gets consistent we might have a day or two and then the weather warms up and then it drops a bit and you know, of course, at night it's starting to get cooler. But well, you know, I'm just always yeah. just keeping an eye on the weather, just general temperatures from the weather guessers, of course. The weather My guessers are good, them. but
0: but I but I would also say along those same lines, honestly, as far as me looking at weather, not it's not just storms. You're bringing up a great point about just sheer temperature. We've talked about temperature for winter tires. Winter tires are better at low temperatures. Once I start to see the weather, even if it's dry, it's not breaking fifty.
1: The high mm-hmm. for
0: the next two weeks is going to be no more than 50. It's time for the winter tires. Yeah, we just need to go on because that means it's 20 or 30 in the morning. Yep. And we need those tires. Exactly. And it's not going to get warm enough later in the day that you're just sawing through them. So that's the other thing. By the time it's hanging out 50 and below, it's winter tire time all the time.
1: Yep, they're going on. All right, Warren B. on Facebook here is asking, <laughs> he said, Do you guys foresee a day when a computer will be able to drive a car around the track faster than a human being? how soon is this going to happen and who will do it first at the ring <laughs> with tech like gps proximity sensors all that kind of stuff and then if you don't have the weight of a driver will you need the weight of any safety gear you see the questions keep snowballing mm-hmm. in keeping with for the sure. winner theme here for sure well as a matter of fact Warren there's a company called next ev they are they campaign a formula e car under the next ev Banner, yeah, but yeah. their streetcars are NEO. As a matter of fact, I know a few folks at NEO and I visited their design studio in Munich when I was there. NIO.io is their website. They already produce a seven seat electric car for the Chinese market that we'll never see, but they are building cars for the rest of the world. Unbelievable. Yet another Chinese money funded startup mm. based in San Jose, California, design studios in Munich and offices around the world, Hong Kong, all that kind of stuff. Wow. They have wow. 2,000 employees and they don't sell us anything in North America. Just wanted to put that at out there. At least they're selling a car already, though. Unlike others, They are. Uh, Faraday. That are, they're only selling T-shirts, if you're lucky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. that's a That T-shirt's going to be worth gold, my friend. It is. It's going to be almost worth as much as the billionaire hoodie variation, but you should have bought it in billionaire hoodie form. It would have been worth far more. Exactly. All right. So check out the Neo EP9 at Circuit of the Americas. It recently mm-hmm. set a lap record without a human being in it at Coda. Two Minutes 40 seconds averaged 160 miles an hour around the track, and then at the ring, as a matter of fact, that same car that mm-hmm. was piloted by a human being it, it holds, I think, the L- Nurburgring record for electric vehicles currently. I'm sure it does. I'm as sure of it does. this yeah. podcast, that could there change in the next a, three years. There is minutes. a massive
0: ticking clock behind your
1: head, but yes, yes, I'm just saying, but for right now, production electric cars. It currently holds the record. So Neo EP9 for both Circuit of the Americas and The Ring. They're doing some hot stuff. And Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. if a car doesn't have a driver, it doesn't need safety equipment. It gets lighter. Pack more batteries in. And yeah. And again, electric doesn't mean autonomous. They are not synonymous with each other. This is true. But that's pretty much the way things are going. But back to his question. I mean, you're right. So already we've got lap records like this. But you're absolutely right,
0: Warren. I picked this one, too. It's a great one. The the reality is, at some point, yes, there is an autonomous car that can do every track faster than a human driver. But my question comes back to Formula E, because the Formula E thing is kind of the toe in the pool for people talking about there being essentially non-driver racing. Right. And I have to ask the question, do we care? Because if your autonomous car went around the ring faster than any human can do it— It's a novelty, but I don't know that it's a let's go watch them thing, like watching humans drive. Are people going to stand at YouTube corner, Brunchen, Mm -hmm. in Germany, at Mm -hmm. the ring, are people going to stand at Brunchen to watch electric cars go around perfectly again? No. No. Whole YouTube channels that survive on watching idiots wreck are out of business because it's never going to happen again. There's an
1: ecosystem here that has to be supported, people. But, but, but my point is, Like human error.
0: You can do math yourself or you can pull out your phone and use a calculator and the calculator will always be right. Yeah. Eventually, technology supersedes our ability to do things. It doesn't mean – I'm not a guy that enjoys math, but follow my, my, my tenuous <laughs> logic here. It doesn't mean that we should stop doing the things we enjoy. Of course it not. It doesn't mean that just because the machine can do it more perfect, we are now irrelevant. This is definitely going to happen, but I don't think – other than the novelty, I don't think we care.
1: Yeah, and Daniel Simon is the concept designer. He did a lot of movies, including all the vehicles in Tron. Mm -hmm. Look up Daniel Simon's stuff. He has conceived the RoboRacer, that is powered by NVIDIA Graphics, and Michelin's a part of it. They unveiled it or debuted it, I guess, uh, one of them, at Frankfurt Motor Show. It. They showed it in a the cloud. They, they Sorry, showed how many, it. How many, how many buzzwords could I use here real quick? <laughs> the cloud is just somebody else's computer, everyone. Yes. So Dan P. is asking, you know, what point do we'll ever get to the – what point will we have manufactured offering unlimited warranties? Mm. And I'm wondering about, you know, the Robo Racers and all this stuff. Autonomous cars without any people in them and racing, they've got to do two things. They've either got to provide entertainment or provide new technology to keep people safe.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Robo racers are neither. <laughs> okay. And so then that leads me to Dan P's question about unlimited warranties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I do think there's, that time is coming when the parts are so hot swappable like electric motors you can just drop that out of the car and battery packs and drop that out of the car there's far less moving parts and therefore far easier to warranty a car because door hinges and a little bit of electrics here that stuff generally lasts a long time Mm -hmm. and now those things like wiring harnesses can be 3d printed Inside, you're right. Wow. on doors, on right. chassis, they can actually Could lay down the, the cable design. with a 3D yeah. printer. And so that's built in. And wiring looms are... Wow. You're right. You, you're never going right. to be able to cut through that and modify that anymore. But people will just hack into the OBD anyway. That's coming. So I think, all right, unlimited warranties? Yeah, quite possibly. But you
0: know what just struck me as we're talking about that, though? I'm thinking about the fact that when we reach this place, don't cars kind of become... And I'm going to to explain this a little further, but don't cars kind of become exactly like our phones? And here's what I mean. Hmm. I'm one of those people that a year or so ago I signed on to the Apple program where I'm paying a monthly fee for my exorbitantly expensive iPhone. I'm paying a monthly fee, but the monthly fee that I'm paying means that, in fact, I think the calendar has come around for a year already. I can go (laughs) in right now and say, hey, can I have this year's phone? Uh, Yeah, So I can just every year trade out a phone. So I don't think it's a question of unlimited warranty. I think it's a question of the fact that the technology is going to keep moving so quickly with the latest and greatest whatever. You're not going to have a car for five years. You're going to have your pod for a year or two and be like, my pod's awfully old. It's 18 months old. The (laughs) new pods have followed the list of tech. I'm going to go get the new pod for the same monthly payment. And warranty is going to be irrelevant. my iPhone warranty will outlast the length of the time I will have that iPhone before I trade it in for a new one. Yikes. And Although I think I we'll think still to have some degree
1: 80s Carreras, right? Of in course. Our garages? They will. Yes.
0: The air-cooled Porsche will now be worth more than entire cities.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what else is on your list here of questions? Uh, I've got a question here from
0: uh Fosh Jaller, you can read that backwards. At Instagram, he asked uh, favorite automotive event. Car show, canyons, high-performance driving events, car shopping or commuting. And I'm going to say one that, that Tom and I argue about all the time. I like driving canyons. I like it over track driving. I like it over standing in a parking lot. Look, I like standing in a parking lot more than I used to. As far as standing there with a bunch of guys that I
1: know, and here's our cars, and we're talking about cars. <laughs> you say it like that, it doesn't it's, sound fun at all. But it's all. what it is. It's what it is. It's the I've, I've grown to things. like it. I've grown
0: to like it. But it's ultimately let's car- park our cars in a parking lot, stand there with a cup of coffee, and talk. That's ultimately what we're doing. I've grown to like that quite a bit. Commuting, you know what? I like commuting in the Lotus. It's just interesting. I'm such the oddball, such the oddball car that there's kind of and you're enjoying the heck out of that too. Kind of an adventure there. It's like, yep, here I am down here, Uh, and I'm very careful to stay out of the blind spots of large trucks that have no idea I'm there. Uh, You (laughs) know, so all these things are fun in their own right, but there's something about canyon roads that beats even tracks for me, and it's because it doesn't require any infrastructure, accessibility. I love getting on a track. I love it. I really thoroughly enjoy it. But I can go out for an hour. And drive a canyon. And I don't need anybody's permission. I don't need corner workers. I don't have to sign a form anywhere. I just get in the car and I go. Pay a bunch of money. And then I come back. Yeah. And and, there's, and I can go as fast or as slow as I want. I can stop four times. I can never stop. I really love canyons. And, and I'm a guy that I like the mountains. I like the outdoors. This This is just as tenuous a connection here. <laughs> I know many people that golf because they say they like to be out in nature. And I and I bite, I bite my tongue until it bleeds, because I keep thinking, you're out of man-made nature. If you were <laughs> hacking through a forest with your club, you could say you were actually out in real nature. Did you
1: build the course with your bare hands, exactly. and then you played on said course? Well, but even then well, you would have okay. built it. But yeah, but seriously. So, but, but I know
0: guys that are like, I like to be out in nature. I'm like manufactured I, nature. I but whittled anyway. these clubs. Seriously. so carved the ball. But, but honestly, I'm just as hypocritical by saying I enjoy being out in the mountains in my car. I'm, I'm a cager. I'm out there in my car. Funny. But I do funny. like being out in the mountains and seeing that situation and pulling off the side of the road and just marveling, getting out and marveling at the, the beauty of it and then getting in my car and hooning back down the road. I thoroughly enjoy that. So I'm going to say canyons
1: for sure. I, I'm i loving the canyons, but for me, lately, the track time has superseded that. I know, I know. Ever so slightly. The downsides are what you've named here is cost and accessibility and all those things. So it puts more pressure on said track day yeah, for to sure, get out for there sure. and have fun and don't waste the time and all that stuff and, you know, go have a boatload of fun. But, oh, man, I am... I am, after this pilgrimage trip, you guys have to come on pilgrimage with us. It's so much fun. And now lemons, and now we're talking about more track days. We are. slightly superseded the canyon thing for me, even though the canyons are great. I know. I know. And then from the design perspective, I love being at car shows under the lights with fresh new sheet metal. It's very sanitized because Mm -hmm, we don't look at cars indoors. No. They belong outside. Mm -hmm. They get dirty. Yep. We live with cars, Yep. but indoors it, it speaks so much to the design to me, and it, it takes all that other clutter out of the way, mm-hmm. and I can just look at the beauty of sheet metal. I might be going way off the deep end. I, here, see, but I see. I see why I you love got there. that. I see why you got there, and I and
0: I like it. I like it, but I I have the and this is where I'm spoiled. I have a problem at car shows now, because. If a car is going to sit there and I can't drive it, I can just take pictures of it, then it doesn't work because there's too many people in the photograph Mm -hmm. and I can't get cool lighting and it's overhead and I just don't like this because we're indoors. I don't want to take this photo, so I'm spoiled. But I also have trouble looking at cars and not driving them. You and I have enough access to drive fun things that if I – I don't even like riding shotgun. I mean I'll ride shotgun if I get to also drive it later. Yeah, but it's it's just (laughs) you know, And that's the thing I find interesting about the vlogger culture is Mm -hmm. how many vloggers – look. If you want to talk YouTube money wildly more successful than we are let 's be let 's be yeah, candid, yeah, but how many vloggers are actually driving all the stuff they get on their channel? very few very few most of them are riding along in the chiron or whatever or
1: driving them at a high level and driving them for what they 're meant to be do- done with no or well
0: that's true as well because it 's all know, city streets and look at this guy 's garage the- and well- That's the vlogger culture that works. I get it. But a lot of them are are riding shotgun in the, hey, I got to do this. So that's interesting. That annoys me. I Mm -hmm. I don't mind riding shotgun if I get to drive next.
1: But that's the problem that I have. (laughs) Give me the keys. Zacchaeus L. is asking on Facebook, what is the car dispenser at other tracks? (laughs) Clearly, we know where the GT3 dispenser is. I'm going to say in North America, it's going to be Mustangs and Corvettes I could debate about what is where, but I think, you know, Road Atlanta. Well, maybe Corvettes at Bob Bondurant. You know, I just associate it by driving school, I guess. Yeah. Kind of with various tracks. But I'm thinking a lot of, uh, you know, Mustangs, Corvettes, Camaros in America. That's kind of where my headspace is at. I'm not sure where the Mustang dispenser is necessarily. West Coast, East Coast, I'm not quite sure. I haven't decided yet. And then, uh, yeah, the Camaros, too. I'm not sure where that might reside.
0: I think there are some M3 dispensers near some U.S. tracks.
1: Yeah, there might be M3 dispensers there. Yeah, I've seen a few of those for sure. Yeah. I hope the Lotus dispenser comes to Utah. I do, too. By way of Geely buying the track. Geely owns the track. Geely owns Lotus. I'm not good at math, but I
0: think that adds up well. That would be nice. We
1: we would love it if we can eventually say that, Zacchaeus, that uh, we know where that one is because... I have to go to Germany for the Porsche. Mm-hmm.
0: Burns Well, me. our local track right now is almost entirely a Ford track.
1: Yeah, true. And,
0: and that, due to the history of Larry Miller, who built the track, was a Ford guy, longtime Ford owner. That and might so be the Mustang dispenser That's the currently. reason that they, have, that they have Fords. They have the entire Ford line from—they're going to even do, supposedly—we'll see if it happens—the Ford GT owner program, like Learn to Drive Your Ford GT, is supposed to be out here, too. But they have all the Mustangs, including the GT350s. They have the Focus RS— program the fiestas the foci they've got them all out Mm -hmm. there that's our local track so it is interesting how tracks gravitate towards certain uh models and types but the funny thing about the gt3 is it's just you wind up at (laughs) at at tarmac with curbing in europe and here comes the line of gt3s
1: (laughs) it's a parade it's a parade well uh ty greg is asking me when i'm driving the cayman do i have a small bag or when i have a small bag do i store it in the front or the rear hatch (laughs) thank you ty this is good I'm going with the frunk because it's deeper. The rear hatch, of course, is higher off the ground. I've got transmission and exhaust hiding underneath sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah, The frunk goes all the way yes. to the bottom floor pan of the car, and it's far deeper and just as wide. It's surprisingly great. Stack of 12 luggage. pizzas
0: could go in the frunk. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's great.
1: Yeah. It's better than you think. It's a great road trip car,
0: so I'm going frunk. Always. Uh, The last one I've got on here, Hop Nation wrote in, and he said he's planning on buying a daily driver and a weekend track car. Okay. So he describes it as a wholesale garage change. Everything must go. Buying a new daily driver and a new weekend track car. His question is, how would you balance the scales? Where would you put more money? And I'm going to say this to you, Hop Nation. Um, I think more money goes to the daily driver, and here's why I say that. Because, of course, I want you to get a daily driver that's also fun to drive. Mm. The daily driver also needs to just work. And it needs to be a nice place to be. All of these things add cost. The thing about the weekend track car is it doesn't need to do anything but be a track car. And I don't care what you buy it for. Here comes the list of consumables and cost.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. So
0: there will be cost down the line for whatever the weekend track car is. So if it's a $5,000 Miata... There's going to be consumables weekend one, just like there will be for the $30,000 fill in the blank. Sure. So sure. I say, make the, since the track car doesn't have to be precious, can't be precious, put, I don't know, 40% of the budget, maybe even 30% of the budget toward the track car and the rest toward the daily. Get a daily you really love since you'll be in it a lot. I don't like people to be in cars every day they don't like. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why I balance it out that way. You could go the other way. I could argue it, I suppose, but that's where I'm staying.
1: No, that ties into uh, um, question we've got here on Instagram. When is it okay to get rid of the car you thought you'd love but end up super bored with? This is Scimitar Star <laughs> on Instagram saying that he got a GTI three months ago. I'm kind of shocked. We love the GTI, but hey, if you were thinking you know it was far faster or did things you were expecting that it did mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. now. Now would be the time to get rid of it, <laughs> yeah, right, right exactly, now. Exactly. Because if you keep paying money into that thing and you know, you're know you not happy with it, that is the entire point of what Todd and I do mm-hmm. is we want you to be in something great that you love for a good amount of time. Not yeah. forever because yeah, there will be new don't. cars yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and your tastes change and
0: your budget changes. Well, if you don't like that car and that monthly payment shows up every month, that hurts so, so it therefore hurts.
1: now right now
0: and and i will say there there is the counterpoint to that and that is depending upon what you don't like about your dti could you fix it for cheaper than you getting into something else could you tune it could but you then but be careful about the but it's a rabbit trap exactly it's a rabbit tra- it's a rabbit hole because at some point you have gone too far But if it's one of those things – and look, I say this because, trust me, the Volkswagen Army has jumped on us many, many times for saying (laughs) – The Army. Seriously. (laughs) For many, many times for saying that the GTI or the Golf R isn't hair on fire enough, and they come marching out with the banners that say APR tune. Okay? Right. If all you're looking for is power and shift points – That can be solved pretty quick on a GTI. If that's the thing you're not liking is that kind of interaction. But if it gets down to dynamics, handling, this kind of stuff, now you're talking serious money and it's time for a car change. It's a real debate about what don't you like. But I agree with you, Paul, and
1: that is why are we waiting? Mm -hmm. Let's move on. (laughs) So many great questions, guys. I cannot thank you enough for your creativity. I mean, Eric F. on Facebook is asking, the worst car date experience. Was it her or the car? (laughs) But we can't get into that. That's another half an hour, so we'll have to it leave it there sure, yeah. and tease you. Of course, we've got to get to so many good questions, good design questions. Keep it all coming. So light stuff like that for social media. And if you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail dot com or on the website. You can contact us there at everydaydriver dot com. And uh, yeah, keep uh, keep your eyes peeled for adventures. We'll have some announcements coming up, mm-hmm. hopefully very shortly. For sure. And uh, keep your ears peeled. Is that, uh, that no. that's that's a terrible that scenario? But I good. do follow what you're saying. Also,
0: thank you to all of you that have been rating the podcast of late. There's been kind of a rash of ratings happening, and I love it. Some of you've been writing comments. A lot of you've been writing awesome. reviews and, and and rating the podcast. We really appreciate it. That is where people find the podcast. It's amazing how often we read emails that are I found your podcast because I was looking for something in the automotive top ten, and there it is. There we were. So thank you guys. We're up there because of you. So thank you for the ratings and reviews and the shares. It helps. It matters we appreciate it thank you guys a million times looking forward to
1: next time cheers geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects this is brian bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event a chest of drawers there's a storm howling outside so i thought i'd stay in and watch a rom-com five minutes into the flick a tree branch slams through the window were you hurt (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest.
0: Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.
1: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...